You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister, Kirk McKenzie. Thanks, Ella. I'm going to invite Lockie and Jack up to the stage. Why don't we give them a big round of applause? Uh, so Lockie and Jack and I have been at the leadership training program each Friday this year. This is our program where um, these guys are getting together, hoping to grow in leadership, particularly from a Christian point of view. Uh, so we've been spending a lot of time together. It's been really great. And we're going to do the teaching together tonight. In the school holidays, we like to do some biblical storytelling where we tell you a story from the Bible. We don't just read it out, but we're going to sort of half-dramatise it. And uh, then there's going to be a bit of interaction. So if you came along tonight hoping to not talk to anyone and to escape before the end of the service, you don't have to talk to anyone tonight. If you'd like to just to sit quietly and pass on the conversation, that's cool. Um, but there will be some questions that we'll ask you to think about and some of them to discuss throughout the evening uh, or throughout the next 25, 30 minutes. Um, so look forward to that and encourage you to, um, if you're a regular member, please include people who are visiting tonight. Uh, don't let them feel like they've just been left out by themselves. So uh, we're doing a story from 2 Kings chapter 1. Uh, the main character is Elijah, uh, and Elijah is going to be played by me because Elijah was a bit of a hairy bloke, and out of the three of us, I'm the hairiest. And I've deliberately not groomed my beard for a couple of weeks just to really method act it tonight. So that's just how much I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, so uh, another character is King Ahaziah, so Jack is going to be playing him. Jack's going to do a fair bit of narration as well. And then Lockie is going to play various messengers and soldiers. So positions, gentlemen, let's get ready. We're going to tell this story a couple of times tonight. Um, this, uh, Elijah's over here on a hill, and uh, the story starts with King Ahaziah. He's actually fallen from... Uh, one of the high stories in his palace and he's been very badly injured. Uh, He's all twisted up and he's concerned about his recovery. So to find out about his recovery, he calls for some messengers. Messenger, messenger. Uh, Go to Belzebub, god of Ekron, to see whether or not I will recover. But the angel of the Lord gave Elijah a message for the king. Is there no God in Israel? Why are you going to Beelzebub uh, to ask whether or not you will recover? Because you've done this, you will not leave the bed you are lying in. So Elijah went and said this to the king's messengers. Then they returned without going to the temple of Beelzebub. Why have you returned so soon? Well, well, a man came up to us with a message from God and he told us to return. It says, is there no God in Israel? Why are you going to Beelzebub to ask whether you recover from your injuries? And it says, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed that you are lying on. What sort of man was he? What did he look like? Did he have a beard? Oh, well, yeah, he was fairly hairy. Um, he had a leather belt around his waist. 
Gather 50 of your men and arrest Elijah. Come on, men. Man of God, the king demands for you to come down at once. If I truly am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and kill you and your 50 men. (laughs) Then fire fell from heaven and killed them all. So the king sent another captain with his 50 men. Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. If I truly am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and kill you and your 50 men. And again, the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. The king sent a third captain with his 50 men. Come on, men. Yeah, no, come on. Man of God. Yes? Please don't kill us. We don't want to die like the others. Well, the angel of the Lord said to Elijah that it was safe to go with this captain to see the king. King, this is what the Lord says. Is there no God in Israel? Why did you go to Baalzebub to ask about your recovery? Because you have done this, you will never get up from the bed you are lying in. And just as God had promised through the prophet Elijah, the king died. Right, that's the end of the first telling of the story. Some questions for you guys. Lockie, take us away. So the first one is, what did you like about this story? Um, we understand that there might not be too many elements of the story that you might particularly like, although there were some laughing. Um, so some yeah, laughing at people dying. Yeah, I, I, I don't get about it. The shocking, crew that we shocking. Had here, no, no. Um, so yeah, if it's not something that you like, perhaps it could be something that stood out about the story that we just um, told. And so yeah, just for this first one, just take 30 seconds. Just think about it in your own head. Um, yeah, I'll just give you 30 seconds and then we'll come back. And then when you're done with that one, we'll move on to the second one. So it says, what questions might people have? So this might be questions that you yourself have, um, or it might be a question that you think, um, yeah, someone else might ask if they've also heard the story that we just did. Um, so yeah, that one's just also just for your head. We'll just give you another quick 30 seconds for that one. Might be questions about um, the characters or the actions or what happened. Um, yeah, anything about the story. Anyone care to share their question? Anyone want to just sort of shout out questions that you're thinking of at the moment? Yeah, so for those who didn't hear, if we've heard that God's meant to be loving and he kills a total of 103 people in this story, 102 soldiers and the king. Uh, so why would he do that? How, would, how and why would a loving God do that? It's a good question. It's an excellent question. We're going to address that in a little bit of detail later. Other questions? So the Sunday at 6 service is losing today? Like, 
Other services have been way smarter than this one. So what? How does fire from heaven work? Yeah, good question. How does fire from heaven work? Don't know. <laughs> That's on God. We're not going to answer all the questions. <laughs> but it is good to ask them. Technically, don't know is an answer. It's just not a very good one. <laughs> well, technically, saying we're not going to answer all the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we... Uh, we got a couple this morning. Um, Someone asked why the king sent for Elijah. Yeah, like a bit of backstory on Elijah. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. you know, did they have a bit of history? The short answer is they did have a bit of history. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the king, not a fan of Elijah and... You know, when he calls for him to be arrested, he's he's not happy. It's gonna be it's gonna go bad for Elijah. Yeah. There's another one. Um, like, why did the king have to die as well? That was another question that we had from the morning mm. service. Yeah, and a more detailed version of the first question, which is like, what about like the fiftieth soldier in the in the group? You know, like the rookie on yeah, his first the, week. The private. Yeah. You know, like maybe hasn't had any chance to commit a war crime yet. Like, you know. He's probably a good guy, uh, you know. So, are the soldiers guilty or innocent or anywhere in between? I guess mm-hmm. it's a question that we sort of got over the day. Actually, we did get that question. Yeah, we did. Someone asked this morning. <laughs> did someone push him? <laughs> if someone pushed him, yes. Yeah. Or if he just fell. Classic Humpty Dumpty yeah. story there. <laughs> Could have been the next in line, you know. Just wanting to move the process forward a little bit, uh, but we don't. We don't know exactly. It just says that he fell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, the latticework broke. That's right. Yeah, if you get into a bit of detail, the latticework broke. Now, did right. somebody okay. saw the latticework so that it, who knows? Sorry, yes. So when the lights are in the same tower, would he kind of like, send the soldiers up to the uh, Question is, where is Elijah? Yeah, he's off on top of a hill somewhere, so he's outside the city. Yeah. All right, we're going to do, do it again. Uh, and let's put the next two questions up just so you can think about them just in advance. So they're the two questions we're going to look at next. Um, Jack will guide us through that. But we'll tell the story again. Uh, maybe you'll pick up some different things as we go through. Now remember, where's my prop? Oh, uh, Here it is. Just there. Okay. So remember, the story starts with King Ahaziah. He has fallen uh, from one of the highest stories in his palace. He's been badly injured. He's very concerned about his recovery. And so he calls for his messengers. Messengers, messengers, uh, go to Belzebub, god of Ekron, to see whether or not I'll recover. But the angel of the Lord gave Elijah a message for the king. Is there no god in Israel? Why are you going to Belzebub to ask whether you will recover? Because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are laying in. So Elijah went and said this to the king's messengers. Then they returned without going to the temple of Baalzebub. Why have you returned so soon? Well, a man came up to us with a message from God and he told us to return. It says, is there no God in Israel? Why are you going to Baalzebub to ask whether you'll recover from your injuries? And it says, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed that you are lying in. What sort of man was he? What did he look like? Was he, was he hairy? 
Yeah, he was hairy, uh, quite hairy, and he had a leather belt around his waist. <sighs> Elijah! Captain! Gather 50 of your men and arrest Elijah. Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. If I truly am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and kill you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and killed them all. So the king sent another captain with another 50 men. Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. If I truly am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. And again, the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. So the king sent a third captain with his 50 men. Man of God... Yes? We don't want to die like the others. Please let us live. Well, the angel of the Lord said to Elijah that it was safe to go with this captain to see the king. King, this is what the Lord says. Is there no God in Israel? Why did you send to Baalzebub to ask about your recovery? Because you have done this, you will never get up from the bed that you are lying in. And just as God had promised through the prophet Elijah, the king died. Okay, that's the end of our second telling. Uh, Jack. What's the next questions? And we want to have a bit of discussion around this. Yeah, so, um, yeah, as Kirk said, we want to um, have you guys discuss this. So turn to the people next to you and, um, yeah, discuss uh, what do we learn about people from this story? So, yeah, we'll give you two minutes. Go ahead. All right, I'll give you 30 more seconds. All right, well, part of the reason we do these questions at all is because we have such good access to the Bible in Australia. It's really important that we have good skills in, in learning from it and, question, and asking good questions and, and listening to each other, share thoughts and so on. So it's really good that we don't just have somebody standing here and telling you what this passage means, but that we actually have an opportunity to ask questions. And that, yeah, we can offer some answers to some questions, but not you'll never get all your, answer, your answers to all your questions. Um, and so it's good just to, to be in that zone and be comfortable with that and good, a good, good for our church to be good at talking to each other about the Bible. So these questions we've used tonight, you can actually use for pretty much any passage that you read in the Bible. You could, read it by, you could use them by yourself. You could use them in a small group, life group situation. Uh, you could use them in your home, um, you know, with your family, your housemates, that sort of thing. So we do recommend using them outside of Sunday 6. But what we thought we'd do now is address that question about why does God kill so many people in this passage, basically? Um, and 
Uh, and and the, it's, a, it's a broader question, isn't it, about violence in the, in the Bible generally. It's a criticism that people have of Christianity and the Bible uh, that, you know, how can a loving God have all these violent things going on in his book? And it's something that makes Christians uncomfortable as we read them too and, and difficult to grapple with. So none of us is an expert. What I've done over the last few years is I've put a bit of extra effort into thinking about this. And so um, I'm not an expert on it, but maybe I might have done a little bit more thinking about it than you might have, possibly. I'm not saying that's the case for everyone. Um, so we thought what we'd do is get these guys to ask me some questions about what I've learned as I've sort of investigated this particular topic of violence in the Bible. It won't answer all your questions. It won't be a complete outline of the whole issue, but we hope it'll be helpful and it'll lead to good conversations uh, between you guys. So, uh, Jack, kick us off. So, um, something that's uh, been, um, you know, this is obviously from the Old Testament. So, something that I've been on my mind is like, well, is there any sort of thing in the New Testament around violence? Like, is there any sort of situation where violence was used? Not on this sort of scale at all. So, not sort of hundreds. Um, there is a story of Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts who God uh, smites, if you like, or he ends their life suddenly and deliberately. Um, and uh, there is some violence. I mean, Jesus dies a very violent death himself. And Jesus does get angry. Uh, so we do see God's anger there. Jesus being the son of God, God come in human form, he does get angry. Um, but yeah, the, the, big, the stories that really make us feel uncomfortable and that really get people worried uh, in the Old Testament. Yeah. So, yeah, in the Old Testament then, yeah, there's clearly multiple types of violence. What are they? Three types, I would think. So you've got um, just violence that happens. So this is sort of the violence we would see in the world today. So, you know, look at the news and you'll see some violent things happening around the world. And so uh, the, the, the Bible does list some of these things that happen. And then there's two sorts of violence that God is directly involved with. The first is like today's passage, where he does the act. So he ends the life of those soldiers, and in a way he ends the life of the king as well. Um, and then uh, there's one, and this is the most uncomfortable one, which is where he actually gets people to do the violence. So sometimes in the Old Testament, God will order his army, the army of his nation, Israel, to go and attack another city or another army and wipe them out. Um, so you've got, you've got those, those two sorts of God violence. The first one is less uncomfortable because if we zoom out, we go, well, God, if he truly is the creator of everything, like absolutely everything, the entire universe, he is the master of life and death. Everyone's life is in God's hands. Nobody deserves longer life than anybody else. We can't demand long life from God. So if these soldiers, who knows what age they were, but you know, if their life is ended earlier than we would like our life to be ended, it's still kind of, it's all in God's hands anyway. And so it's kind of up to him. And it's still sad that maybe the rookie guy on his first week on the, on the job you know, doesn't get to follow his career through. But if we zoom right back, we can sort of go, okay, it's all right. And then there's more reasons why we can get more comfortable with it. And that is that uh, God always gives a warning for these things. It's not like it's just out of the blue. So we'll see this over and over in the Old Testament. God will see a group of people doing evil. 
or a king, a leader doing evil, and he will send a warning. There'll be a prophet um, or God will speak to them directly and say, you need to stop that horrible evil thing that you're doing. It's usually oppressing the, the most sort of innocent and vulnerable people in society. And, and if you don't, here's what's going to happen. And sometimes the people, they stop doing the evil thing and so God doesn't punish them for it. And sometimes they don't, they don't listen to the prophet, which is clearly the case with Ahaziah. He says, the prophet sends him a message and he's like, well, no, no, go and arrest him. So, um, and then the consequence comes. And so it's never random violence by God. It's always a response to evil. It demonstrates, us, it demonstrates to us that God is against evil and that he wants to do something about it. And we do feel sad when that, in, that demonstration of God's power and judgment involves people, but we can sort of understand it. It is harder to grapple with when we've got God getting other people to do the violence. That's, that's another sort of more difficult step. Um, I've got a question about that last bit. So mm. the third category, God getting people to do violence. Mm. So I guess how do we know that they're actually doing it in the name of God and they're not just being violent people? Yeah, and because you could just take that into like, well, if you don't like your neighbour and you just want to take them out, and then you could say, well, God told me to, and then it's in his name. Yeah. And this has happened a lot throughout history, right? Yeah, like crusades. You know, um, and, yeah. yeah. So, you know, various times, armies have said, God's on our side, so we're going to go and kill and kill. Um, here's the thing. Again, there's always that warning. There's always that clear message from God. And when there's not, we actually see that God's against the armies attacking. King David is a good example. He's quite a... If you're not familiar with the Old Testament... He's almost the main character of the Old Testament, certainly one of the most well-known. And he fights some battles that God tells him to, you know, take your army in, take out this group, they're doing evil. But also, David fights a few other battles just to expand his kingdom and to get richer. And God sends a messenger to David at one point and says, you are a warmonger, you have blood on your hands, and God's clearly very unhappy with the fighting and the violence that, that David has been doing. So um, that clear message from God, it's not just, oh, well, they're a, they believe in God, therefore the violence is okay. Most of the violence is in, the violent, in, in the Old Testament is God saying that is bad, um, unless it's, it's this thing where he's addressing an evil thing that's going on. So, yeah, so God is saying it's bad and he's, I guess, responding to that. Mm. Um, so sometimes, I guess, God chooses not to respond in that there is still violence today. Um, so I guess, should we... Oh, try to think of how to word it. Should we take that as a hint that if God's actually allowing it, like, should we allow it as well? Well, here's where we definitely always need to look to Jesus because we don't actually follow the Old Testament. We follow Jesus. And so as much as we believe the Old Testament is God's word and is very um, important and valuable to learn from, Ultimately, we follow Jesus, and so we look to the New Testament, we look to the way Jesus handled situations. And so what we see with Jesus is that he is basically about non-violence. Um, he does get, as I said, he does get angry at one point, he gets a whip out and clears the temple out because people have been using it as a marketplace. But um, also Jesus dies a violent death on the cross, a sacrificial death. Jesus was God. He could easily have brought fire down and killed all the soldiers that were trying to execute him, but he didn't. 
He took the violence. He took the punishment that others deserve, that we deserve, and he took that on himself. So there's this idea of sacrificial um, action against evil and actually that it's a loving action that addresses the evil. It's not a punishment. The punishment still happens, but it happens to Jesus, not to everyone, not to everyone else who deserves it. Um, and so then we look at Jesus. How does he respond? You know, when someone hits you on one cheek, he says to turn the other. And so it's a non-violent response. It's not about revenge. Jesus is definitely anti-revenge. But he's still doing something about it. You know, he still goes to the cross and dies, so he still addresses evil. And even with the turn the other cheek thing, the idea is that you expose the evil, that somebody who's doing violence, who's oppressing you, is exposed. You're trying to shame them. You're trying to shine a light on the wrong thing that they're doing. Um, so he doesn't say, oh, if someone hits you in the face, run off and never tell anyone about it. He's like, stand up to them and like, let them do it again, sort of expose the evil that's going on. So he's kind of got that gutsy sort of response, but it's not a responding with violence. Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's sort of how, if you're a follower of Jesus here today, that's, that's what we're called to do, is to, to be like Jesus in that. Um, uh, we've got a little quote from Paul, um, which could be helpful here. It's a good little one to mem- memorise. Um, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. It's one of my favourites, right? It's a good life motto to have. Uh, it's so easy when something bad happens to you or around you to just respond with something else bad, you know, or to try and one-up it. Um, but God wants us to overcome evil with good. He's the judge. He's the master of life and death, not us. We leave that sort of life and death stuff to him, and it's our job to try and bring as much good to the situation as we can. Have we covered our questions, do you think? I had a few more, but we pretty much covered it. I think we got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what we're going to do now is do the last two questions. And we'd like this to be just a bit of a silent thinking, praying time for you guys. So we'll leave a bit of space for these two questions. What are you going to do this week in response to this story? It's always good to think about what does this passage that we've read have to say to our real life? And the second question is, who could you tell this story to this week? Maybe you wouldn't tell them the whole story. Maybe you would. Maybe there's an element of the story, something you've learned tonight, which would be useful in a conversation during the week. So just have a think and a pray about that. We'll leave a little bit of silence and then we'll wrap up. Let me say a word of prayer to finish. Father God, we want to acknowledge how powerful you are, creator of all things, our, our life, our existence is in your hands. I want to thank you that you hate evil and that you have some judgment for the evil things that happen in the world. Thank you for being fair and just. We also confess that we're part of the problem that each of us does contribute to the evil in the world in one way or another. And so because of that, we do thank you for the amazing actions of Jesus. Thank you for taking the punishment that we deserve onto yourself, Jesus, when you die. Thank you for rising again so that we can be free from guilt and so that we can live in a different way live in a way where 
good will overcome evil. And Lord, we just ask for your help in understanding complicated issues in the Bible, like we've discussed tonight with some of the more violent stories. Help us to learn well, to listen well, to think well. And to always remember Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek. If you have any questions about this podcast, send us an email, questions at stjohnsdc.org.au. 